sure if that was Norwich City or Vintage Brazil at points during that. Welcome to this week's edition of the Pinkin.com Norwich City podcast, brought to you in association with Coleman's of Norwich, which is apt because Norwich City certainly cut the mustard this afternoon at Carroll Road. They've recorded a statement win, a 2-0 win over West Brom. And I think for maybe the first time in a little while, smiles on faces, loud voices. It was uh, a really enjoyable afternoon at Carroll Road. Paddy, uh, I said in, in my verdict, that felt like a moment. And we've, we've maybe had a few of those, but I'm not sure we've quite had one as emphatic as that. It's the first time in 16 months that Norwich City have beaten a team that have started the day inside the top six. Um, two defeats now in, in, in 12. I mean, there, it feels like something is... I'm not quite sure what it is, but it feels like something is is gathering and, and building at, at the moment. And, and maybe it is just one of these streaks that we've talked about, but... Maybe it's hope that is making us cling on to the fact that it could be something greater. But certainly today was was a good day to be at Carrow Road. It was. It was very good performance and result um, against a good side. And, you know, the fact that they've lost tonight and they're still fifth in the table tells you they are a good side. And, uh, you know, a team who have uh, clearly the same ambitions as, as Norwich, which is to be in that top six come the end of the season. Um, yeah, I mean... We'll get into it in due course, but I look at that today and I look at that seven or eight game block at the start of the season um, when they were flying and beaten second to Leicester in the early standings. And those two were, were mirror images for me and, and what's gone on in between for various reasons, injuries and, and this sense that the head coach wasn't clearly getting the best out of the available resource Um is all true and of its time and we, we've discussed that in due course but given their due tonight you know they can reflect on composed and clinical because the you know they really played with West Brom play, and West Brom played into their hands they just let them have the possession which we know under Corbrand they like to do but can't really recall Angus Gunn having too much to do. There was a couple of cat catches from DK headers that he had to pouch. They had a couple of good opportunities straight after the interval, pulled them wide over the far post and then one of the near post. But they really played into Norwich's hands today. And that, that's credit to Wagner as well, tactically, um, which is a charge that's been laid at his door um, throughout this season. But today, I thought they got it spot on. And... Um, the players executed it perfectly as well. And like I say, one clinical moment, first half, one second half, and, uh, and the job was done. And uh, yeah, I don't, think it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that, to, to, to underline my point about that for me, was one you could have picked up and dropped into the first eight games of the season, Josh Sargent's my back. He is, without doubt, the talisman for this group in terms of what Wagner wants to do, how he wants to set up, what he's trying to do out of possession with a high press, what he's trying to do in possession in terms of transition moments. Both those goals came from transition moments, but the first one, his goal today, runs into the channel, stretching the play, um, and the service has to be right, and it was for Kenny McLean. He is, for me, the difference maker. Where Norwich are now and where they were, seven defeats in nine, even that blip over the festive period with two defeats back-to-back, um, he is the difference, and... You know, I wrote about it. my point is what I mean we, we can rightly relish what's what we've seen today at Carrow, but what would how different would the mood have been and the vibe around this group this football club the fan base if they'd managed to keep him fit and I know that's if buts and maybes but uh you know, he's five goals in eight games now he's only played eight championship games and he's got five goals can you imagine if he'd have stayed relatively healthy what he'd done he would have done in the intervening three months and consequently when Norwich I've absolutely no doubt whatsoever if he'd have stayed fit they wouldn't be as they are now, eighth in the table, two points outside, four points behind West Brom in fifth. I think they'd have been in that bracket of Leicester, Leeds, Ipswich and Southampton. Um, so for me, what we saw today is hopefully, if we can keep Sergeant fit, um, is, a, is a potential end to the season that is far more in keeping with how they started the season now whether as David himself said post-match whether that's good enough to take them where they want to go to in the top six it's probably out of their hands to a degree but um, but I certainly think and again today was for me evidence of it if that group of players can be kept together um, then they will be they will be right in that conversation for the top six between now and the end of the season albeit because of what's happened in the intervening period you're probably only realistically looking at fifth and sixth. I think the top four have gone 
in terms of overhauling them unless one of them has a major collapse. Um, so you're now in a race with quite a clutch of clubs for maybe two playoff spots. But make no mistake, they are in that race because today they've underlined that they have the personnel and they can be, in terms of the coaching aspect, put together in a fashion to be justifiably, deservedly winners over a very good West Brom team. Contenders, that's the word that David Wagner used post-match and I think it's, it's hard to disagree with that. Just uh, on, on Sargent, um, there's a good tweet from uh, Bethnal Yellow and Green who, who does some, some fan columns for, for us, um, which are always good reads. Um, and I'll just make this point. It's five goals from 14 shots this season and, and from an expected goals rate of 3.25. It's, um, it's the first time that he's really managed to over kind of achieve his, his expected goals which proves basically that your finishing is really good or you're quite lucky and I think what we're seeing at the moment is that his his, his finishing is quite good. Uh, I realise in my intro and, and perhaps the giddiness of everything that's happened today I didn't introduce everybody so I'm Connor Self of course Paddy and, and Adam Harvey um, with me to dissect that as, as you've uh, you've just heard Paddy's um, Sean Deitch tones um, as ever which is uh, which is good. Adam um, contenders that's the word as I said David Wagner used it's now seven points from a block of games um, that involved Southampton and like I said I think we were pretty critical of the of the approach and I, I think I'd probably stand by a lot of what we said around that but the the fact of the matter is that they got a point there Hull likewise a lot of the debate about stylistics and, and the way that they got three points but a win there win today I don't think anyone will, will be complaining about the fashion that they that they did it and we'll, we'll delve into the performance in just a moment but as a block of games to take seven points from those nine against teams who are uh, above them in, in, in the table as it stands it's a really impressive haul for, from, from Norwich City isn't it? Yeah, I said that to Paddy actually after the game. You, you factor in now, they've played Southampton twice, they've played Hull twice, they've played West Brom twice, they'll be playing Leeds for the second time on Wednesday night. That's pretty much four of sides that are going to be in and around the top six come the end of the season. And that then looks a little bit more favourable, you know, and three defeats in 15, two in the last 12 in all competitions. It's, you know, suddenly what this kind of streaky runs of, of form it feels like this is maybe a little bit more sustainable now. They feel like they've kind of almost turned that corner a little bit and it's quite nice to feel a little bit more positive around kind of the the way it's sort of moving now in terms of the direction. And yeah, I think now the Leeds game, there's a little bit less pressure on that. They've kind of got the win today. They're, they're three points further ahead than maybe what they a lot of fans maybe would have felt maybe before the game today. West Brom are a good side and yeah, they're fifth in the, the table for a reason. So... I think now you, you, those two games over Christmas have all been, almost been forgotten about again, you know, the sort of defeat at West Brom and the defeat at Millwall because they're now starting to pick up the points again. And if they can maintain that come the end of the season, then they're going to be right right amongst it. And therefore, David Wagner's right to, you know, label them as contenders because if they can maintain it, as I just said, they, they will be there. So, uh, yeah, it, it's good moving forwards and it's good to sort of see Caro bouncing a little bit again today after the game again. It's felt like quite a while, irrespective of maybe the wins at against uh, Huddersfield or Sheffield Wednesday, those kind of maybe had mitigation around performances or, or fans maybe didn't feel they could sort of reach the levels they could do, where today felt like a team that was back playing the football they want to play. They felt confident and you know they got the job done and three points on the board. I remember being say I think it might have been after the Southampton pod and uh, maybe maybe even even one uh, more recently than that. I've even been Bristol Rovers and, and say I, I can't remember a point in time when, when Norwich City had played that well over a 90-minute piece I think I think today is one that that you would say that they absolutely did do that they, they did perform in, in the way and actually I mean you referenced it there and I, I think I said before kickoff that um, that game maybe barring science for fashion act is pretty much what we saw at Huddersfield when, when they won 4-0 so is, is there just an element now of, of, of perhaps what David Wagner said all along in terms of injuries in terms of the, the mitigation that we've that we've seen uh, uh, down the track because Certainly this starting eleven, irrespective of maybe what you think of the squad depth and uh, and, and other factors, this, that starting eleven and what it's delivered today, I mean that, that proves that it's when it plays like that and when it shows the balance in terms of performance like that, it, it is among the best teams in the division. Well, certainly in the best six teams in the division, yeah, no doubt about it. Um yeah, I mean we can't we we can't we can't absolve Wagner or, or the players who were fit and available during that nine ten games in to you know basically Cardiff really it's not enough just to say well you lost Josh Sargent to a lesser extent you lost Ashley Barnes and they they wasn't able to you know keep the ship on the road and we said that at the time I distinctly recall when Sargent when it was diagnosed that he was going to be out for a three-month period I think we basically said well the challenge now to Adam either to Huang as it was then to Barnes prior to him getting injured against Leicester was almost a holding pattern job to keep Norwich in and around it 
And you'd have to be honest and say they'd probably just fall in. A, I mean, if you define in and around it's 12th and 13th as they were around Millwall, then I'd say no, they, they failed in an objective. And so now they're having to make up ground with him back, with Barnes back as well, and what they do as a combination. Um, so, you know, we're not, I don't think we, we, we can now sit here and rewrite off the back of today is unquestionably a very good performance. And as Adam pointed out there, you know, and I'm surprised at that, that it is two defeats in all competitions in 12 now. So that is a sustained body of positive results, irrespective of whether the performances have, have matched the results. But you can't question that. That That is a, a sufficiently big sample to suggest that, yeah, there is something now that, that feels good enough to keep them in the conversation, which is, you know, where we all hoped they would be. But you know, you can't you can't shed the the three months that went before. You know, seven defeats in nine, um, irrespective of who was fit and who was available. That wasn't that was below par, below the expectations of that head coach, that group of players, that fan base. Um, but you know, as we've said quite often recently, in a championship which I think bar the top four is very average this season, um, that prolonged fallow period hasn't proved terminal, and it's proven to be the case that now they've manoeuvre themselves into position where they are very firmly in with the Halls, in with the Coventrys, in with the Sunderland, Middlesbrough, Watford um, and West Brom now, scrapping for maybe two two spots, two playoff spots. And, uh, you know, I, I guess it's the, it's the golfing analogy. There's no pictures on the scorecard. It's just what the score is at the end of the round. And, uh, you know, I think if they get into the top six come, come May, we, we probably... We won't look too harshly or judge the people involved too harshly that they lost seven in nine before Christmas and there was weekly calls for David Wagner's head um, and you know a feeling that this group of players were not performing to their optimum in all of that will flow under and be viewed then through, well, no, hang on, when push came to shove, they did get it together and they did finish in the top six. And you know then it's for people to judge if that by itself is par or you know whether you know they should be doing better when they get in the playoffs um but you know it's probably best now you know, to not sort of look too introspectively and keep pivoting back to what's gone before now the reality is now this group of players are very firmly in the race for promotion and moving forward now starting with Leeds which is a very good test ahead um Let's see what they can do over the remainder. They've, they've certainly got themselves back in position by this little post-festive spurt of results. Um, but what's different today for me from all the recent results, good, bad or indifferent, is the performance. The performance today was of a controlled manner in and out of possession um, with all the elements that you need to stitch together in terms of defensive resolution, that clean sheet, very good across the middle of the park where you have to be against West Brom um, because that's their strength and at the top end of the pitch whether it's a uh, sorry whether it's a sergeant whether it's a Johnny Rowe um, less so Barnes and Science but I'm sure that they have the potential to weigh in as we go um, they have a real punch to their efforts now going forward and you know there was it was all encapsulated for me that performance in one move not the, not even the goal moves there was a move around about 31 minutes where it started with Ben Gibson and left hand side of the Norwich area when Yunulis, I think um, Kenny McLean was involved, Zara, I think uh, Barnes, on and on. And it ended with one of, the, one of those two chances for John Rowe. And the manner that they, through precision, worked their way through the thirds, that was very reminiscent of that Huddersfield away win, Southampton, um, when they drew that day, and, and Millwall at home. That, basically that purple patch at the start of August. And when that move, albeit it didn't end in, in, in a goal, when that move you know, fizzled out and play resumed, you just thought, yes. That's what we know this group are capable of and that this head coach can get the team playing in that manner rather than, you know, we don't have to go back to Hall, you know, where it was aimless balls from centre-backs over the head or in and around the vicinity of Ashley Barnes, totally bypassing Nunes, totally bypassing Sara. That and this was night and day. So, um, you know, kudos to everybody involved there today. But as I say, you've now proven again what you'd proven in August, that you can perform in that manner it's all, all about consistency and ultimately it's consistency that will separate this pack of, we'll say, five or six clubs into the two who actually make it and probably join the other four in the top six. 
Yeah, and I, I think also in, in just in, in in terms of that point, which is you know it's uh, and actually you, you look at the league table just to, to pick up on that before today. If Norwich City would have lost this game, West Brom would have been ten clear of them. I, I think that would have been insurmountable because from what from from the evidence that we've we've seen this season, I guess there there is an element to this of you know will the real Norwich City please stand up because the, we we saw what we saw at the start of the season we had that that spell in the middle and I guess it probably feeds the the, the streaks element that, that that we saw to it and it's. It, it, it has been really interesting, I think, Adam, the the kind of change post Cardiff because it's very clear, and I think Shane Duffy hinted at this after after Hull really that at some point there was an intervention. Who led that? I don't know. Whether that was David Wagner, whether that that was the players of something's got to give in terms of what they were doing defensively because um, I, I remember being stood in the stand at, at Cardiff and saying this was a good win, but Norwich cannot keep relying on having to score three goals to win games of football since then um, I think it's eight goals that they've conceded now in in, in 10 games I mean if, if you're looking at something that has kind of stabilized their season if you want and, and built this kind of foundation that they've got at the moment it's it's that def- defensive footing that they've that they've built and actually for the stuff that Paddy mentioned in, in the first half in terms of their possession and how much in, how much better they, they were at that the second half was was more dogged it was more obdurate and it was about then transitioning and um, and, and being a threat then in transition and on the counter as they did with with what was an excellently crafted second goal and and that's why I think you know Hull and and in recent games Southampton it's feel maybe that the balance hasn't been there it's been more geared towards pragmatism this this for the first time maybe felt like they got the perfect balance between what they needed to do in possession and and on the ball and going forward and affecting games positively offensively to also having that that kind of defensive solidity that we've seen. And I think maybe that underpins why there has been so much frustration because everyone can see the quality. And we lifted the names last week of the, the players that are in this Norwich City team. If you can unlock that, there's a real there's real talent in in this group of players as today documented. Yeah, I think it all comes back to sort of the importance of Josh Sargent. We've already spoke about kind of the ability to to bring them up the pitch and as a player, he's he's so crucial to the system and what they're trying to do. I mean, you, you probably don't get Ashley Barnes making those runs in behind quite the, you know, in the same fashion that, that Sargent does to be able to bring the likes of Sainz and Rowe into play. So that's crucial. But I mean, yeah, defensively, they are so much better. I mean, you know, today, I think Brass One didn't even have a, a shot on target in the first half and Second half, I mean, other than kind of those couple of chances that fell to Swift, didn't really carve Norwich open in the same manner they did at, say, Plymouth or some of these really hideous away games we had to deal with and the performances and sort of the... They just kind of sunk under under the sort of pressure of, of teams where today, very dogged, very... Duffy's in his element when, you know, teams are kind of throwing balls into the box. They've sort of tried to change that. I feel a little bit West Brom in when they brought DK on. It was more sort of aerial aerial sort of crosses and looking for him. And that's sort of Duffy's game. We saw that at Hull. Um, and yeah, I think if they can keep this defensive unit fit and that's kind of the key, I think, you know, maybe that, that spell where they were poor, they had a lot of injuries as well. You know, they kind of had to, to deal with the loss of a lot of them um, at different points. Uh, and yeah, moving forward, it is crucial that they keep that keep that stability and and the team remains fit because you know this this is the issue that, that they are a team that starting 11 wise is is up there with some of the best in the championship but as soon as you kind of well as most teams find really apart from the likes of Leicester or Southampton if you lose players that the quality between kind of your players in reserve and, and those in the starting 11 is is quite vast and that can make a, a telling difference so f- hopefully for David Wagner's sake and Norwich City's sake these players can remain fit and I think they've then given themselves a bit of a chance to hopefully mount what is going to be a a really good second half of the season and hopefully a push into the top six. Yeah, this, this feels to me today um, and, and very different type of games, but a bit like the win at Millwall last season when it when it felt maybe for the first time in a while that there was an opportunity ahead of them. And obviously last season we all <laughs> they won what one in eleven and uh, and the season petered out. But you know it, it is that kind of feeling again at the moment. It's oh goodness me, that's that's the hope again, isn't it? And um, and I think that's and I remember we discussed this. I think it was after Bristol Rovers about how that hadn't existed, and you create that through positivity positive performances because that's a way of creating sustainability and I guess that probably leads me on to to my next point Paddy where it's it's, it's it has been and you kind of touched upon it earlier certainly since Cardiff maybe well certainly since that autumn run it's, it's kind of felt like Norwich are a defeat from crisis there's this all and, and constantly if they, there is a, a trip up and there is a defeat that 
we, we come back to the same conversations about David Wagner, about Ben Napper, Stuart Webber, as it was earlier in the season, the, the structural issues around the club. I, I know that, that maybe people uh, who listen, stroke, watch from the club would say that those conversations only ever happen when Norwich City are losing games. I, I know people, I'm sure, who have who've, uh, been watching and listening for a while and have maybe disagreed with, with perhaps... I don't want to say negativity, but but maybe how we viewed things, or, and and how other people have, have viewed things, and um, you know, you, you you touched upon it there. It, the football is is very up and down, and uh, at the moment, at the moment, is is a very good result, and and one one swallow doesn't make a summer, as as the saying goes. But um, and, and David Wagner touched upon it uh, as well in, in in some post-match interviews. It's um, it, it's it, it is a funny game, but I think. Like you said, you you can't really ignore what you know your eyes have seen for points of this season, and and it's been very different teams that we've seen at, at different points. But in terms of that negativity aspect, the the scenes that we saw at the end of today's game for the first time, in goodness, I can't even tell you the last time <laughs> scenes like like that. We've seen obviously a few points where they've done the waves and stuff, but just in terms of pure noise and 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 the way the supporters reacted. As I said earlier, it felt like a moment and um, it's up to obviously Norwich and, and the players that they're, they're still ultimately, despite all of these conversations, they're still not in the top six. They've still got ground to, to make up, but it's a step in the right direction. But it, it doesn't half help these run of forms, these, um, you know, what, what we've spoken about so far when, as I said, it, it kind of felt like a club and has felt like a club for a long time that has just been teetering constantly on the edge of, of crisis and, and discontent. Well, and we know why. I mean, ultimately, we don't need to, you know, rake over AGM calls and um, comments and, uh, you know, dissections of uh, the previous sporting director's body of work. The overhang from is he going, when's he going, uh, when's when's the new person coming in, when are they starting, how does that work? You know, all of that in the background against the backdrop of this head coach presiding over mid-table mediocrity last season albeit he came in halfway through and you could cut him a degree of slack although it's worth pointing out that as you say after that whole uh, Millwall win in early March they were bang in it and then they went one win in 11 um, so all of this feeling of frustration and disaffection and, and in the worst periods of this season almost an apathetic disconnect um, that's all a product or a byproduct of those processes that the way this club for many they've felt has been rudderless for, for too many seasons now. And, um, you know, that's all coalesced in when they don't, they don't particularly as well, in a roundabout way, the fact that they started the season so well, many would have hoped that all of that was in the past and that corner had been turned definitively and on we go now. And um, and, and, and a positive uplifting season is, is ahead of us. And the, the fact that it regressed back again for, for three months or so, um, that probably just amplified those feelings and, and raked them back to the surface again. But uh, you know, I mean, damn, I mean, I, I recall I don't, I wouldn't often quote him uh, uh, given his um, less than positive impact overall on Norwich City. But Dean Smith's sticking plasters and results uh, comment that always stick sticks with me. That you know, if you get positive results and you get positive performances, then um, everything else will be forgotten and. Um, whatever issues people have or frustrations or grievances with individuals or collectively the direction of travel, um, you won't hear that. You won't hear that in, in periods where on the pitch, shop window, things look to be coming together. And um, and that's why, you know, it's so important that they have to continue this because if not, to take your point, Connor, about the one defeat away from more kind of soul-searching and introspection, I, I fear that is going to be the cycle we're in now. We're, because that, because irrespective of what's happening in front of house, there's still issues that we know in terms of the boardroom dynamic, the shift there, what is Ben Napper's Norwich City blueprint and, and him communicating that down the track and very difficult at the moment as he's trying to navigate a transfer window. But just the messaging that will need to come out in the, in the months ahead to... to, to definitively signal a break from what Stuart Webber's era was all about. All of those processes will happen at their own speed, but the, the, what will happen if they continue to perform as they did today and the results continue to track in that direction is all of that will be given time and afforded space to develop more organically. They only become an issue when we're seeing what we're not seeing on the pitch and, and then the frustration then 
is not only directed outward in terms of David Wagner and the coaching staff, but then inward about why aren't we hearing from certain individuals? What is this club trying to achieve? What's happening in terms of the shareholder mix? Why is it maybe not moving at a, a, a pace that supporters would like if results are, are not suggesting that this is a club in, a, in an upward trajectory? So... It's it's just it's just the, the soap opera that is any football club. I guess it's not Norwich are not immune to it. You know you can go round. You know, dare I say that you know you you, you can trust where Norwich are now with a, a club like Reading. You know who've been in and around the Premier League, similar size club. You could argue in terms of fan base and support and and what their fans and anybody connected with Reading are having to deal with now. Um, you know it, everywhere you go, um, I guess there will be a sense that people want more from their club whether it's on pitch performance off pitch performance and so why would Norwich be any any you know immune from those processes but you know the reality is the club's own stated ambition this season was to target the top six and it's been repeated subsequently since by people who are shaping the direction of travel that is the benchmark they will be judged by and as a result when they were mid-table and going backwards I think everything that came their way is fully justified. I don't think there's any agenda or uh, anybody's seeking to uh, create a situation that isn't there. It's as always, it will the the discourse around the football club is shaped completely by what those inside the football club manage to achieve on the pitch and off the pitch. Um, and if it's good, and it's been proven in recent years, when it's good, it's very good, and everybody gets fully on board with that because ultimately, we've said this very often, you know. I don't think anybody, whether it's what we do for a living or fans or, or anybody connected with Norwich in a sort of a natural capacity for, in terms of working for that football club, we all want the same thing. Which was, which you mean we're not anti-club? We're far from anti-club. I mean that's just most, one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. But given where it was uh, espoused, I'm not surprised. But uh, but yeah, because. I mean, human nature tells you strip strip back what your involvement is or your connection is to that football club. Do you want to be enjoy, part of something that's enjoyable and exciting and optimistic, or do you want something that's an, an unyieldingly negative and frustrating and um, certainly doesn't take you away from your trials and tribulations in your own life, whatever they may be? You know, you want escapism if you if you've got anything to do with a football club. And uh, yeah, make no mistake, Norwich doing well is better for every constituency that is involved in Norwich City and um, you know we we certainly are part of that so um, but you have to call it as, as you see it I mean you, what, what other way could you dice up seven defeats in nine um, before Christmas and a club which were you know listing in terms of mid-table and and it's testament to David Wagner and those players that they, they are clearly two defeats in 12 all competitions um, addressing the issues that they had to, and and to, be, to give him his due, what I will say with David Wagner, he is the first. He is the first to come out and say, defensively, we need to tighten up there. That's not good enough. And and, and in recent games now, work with the ball as well. You know, because they're all processes we've you know ad nauseum talked about in these sort of forums. Fans, you can be sure, have talked about the same things. And um, I think again, it feels like we're all more or less talking around the same subject matters. The only difference is. They're the people who can do something about it. We can't do anything about it. So, you know, what I will say is uh, if Norwich can get some wind in their sails, as has been proven in very, well, recent times, but you could even maybe go back the last 15 years or so, when Norwich as a club can get something moving and uh, that can prove quite an unstoppable force and, um, you know, let's all hope that that's where we're heading for the end of the season. Yes, indeed. And, uh, you know, and, and, and that sort of boils down to it to today, Adam, really, to, to come back to it, because Carrow Road's been an unhappy place. There's been people who have felt at different points during the season that they haven't been able to turn up. We've seen lots of empty seats. I, I would say it was significantly fuller today in terms of um, of, of bodies and bums on seats. Um, it's It's been a place that has been quite quiet, quite angry at different points. It's been a place that... Uh, uh, times this season last season in in recent years has um vocally called for for people to go and 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 look one win as i've said a few times doesn't solve all of those issues there were still as david wagner said as, as we would probably admit ourselves there were still flaws with what they did today and how they approached it 
But as I said, it, it's the first time that I've kind of looked around Carrow Road as the final whistle has gone and seen people smiling, hugging. I, I saw a nice uh, embrace between what I assume was a father and son. I don't know that at the end. And it, you know, as, as Paddy said, it doesn't half help when, you know, and, and there's been a, a few times where I, I felt, no one's ever said this to me, but I've just felt at points that maybe they've felt, oh, blimey, it feels like, you know, we can't win, we get battered for doing kind of everything internally. That's That's kind of been, and it's like, well, it comes down to, as Paddy says, what you do off the pitch and how you speak to supporters and what you do on the pitch and how you play. And when, when you play well, as they did today, and when you win in a way that they did today, people will, will get behind you naturally because it is a place where everybody wants success. And as Paddy said, and we saw that under Daniel Farker and we saw it under Alex Neal in, in the second half of the season, under Paul Lambert, under Nigel Worthington, when things are good here, they're, they're, they're really good. I mean, Norwich fans' loyalty, even during tough times, is you know completely unquestionable. They're there through thick and thin, and they've had to deal with a lot of difficulty in the past sort of two, three seasons where this sort of club and the performances have been nowhere near good enough, you know, for the standards they've set over the years. You know, they've always been a club that's tried to challenge in the, in the top six. They're a team that's been in the Premier League on, on numerous occasions, and I think you know it's it's probably fair to to want your club to to do more and be up there and we where we know they can be and where they can compete with teams that maybe have come to Cow Road in recent years and maybe played Norwich off the park. And it is that feeling of kind of community. It's going to Cow Road for that escapism where maybe something's been difficult in a week and you just want to go to the football, see your team win and it can maybe be that lift then for, for the next week. And I think today was probably the first time in a while where maybe a lot of fans have gone to Cow Road and felt they've got uh, something on the pitch that's pride to, isn't yeah, it? yeah. It, something to get behind something to their team is you know showing that fighting mentality you know they, they're performing and it was exciting you know there was moments that we spoke about kind of the, the bits of play at points today and you watch that and that's the Norwich team that I've grown up always you know watching that kind of identity the Norwich way almost you know of playing an exciting brand of football and trying to score you know trying to score goals and obviously that's maybe been difficult at different points of season there. There are sides that's maybe lacked that cutting edge and kind of gone away from that. We spoke kind of even about the, the whole performance they won the game, but it wasn't a Norwich style of a style of you know football in my in my eyes. So uh it felt today was the first time I felt for a while it, it was that and that's for me why we, the, the reaction they got was warranted and seeing that post match celebrations again it felt good. It makes you feel good, and you kind of come onto these podcasts with way more optimism off the back of that than what you would have if, you know, they've lost the game three-one in the Blackburn style, and everything's really negative and justifiably so. So, yeah, it's good, um, and a long way that continue. Of course, you know, I think they've got some really big home games coming up. Um, Paddy's team coming down pretty soon, and um, some other big games. So, <clears throat> yeah, long may it continue, and hopefully we'll get many more enjoyable Carrow Road afternoons for the rest of the season. Here, here. Uh, in part two of the pod, we, we're going to touch a little bit on, on David Wagner, speak about transfers and then look ahead to what is uh, just a little bit, just a little bit of, a, of a big week for, for Norwich City. See you in a sec. Welcome back to the Pinkin.com Norwich City podcast brought to you by Coleman's of Norwich. We will, of course, have our Bring the Heat segment a little bit later on in the show. Um, again, I say that just to pre-warn the, the guys sat next to me more than, more than anything else. Paddy, um, David Wagner, we, we've touched upon him at, at various points. I mean, you, you listed kind of the record now, two defeats in, in 12 games, three and 15, do you say, in, in, in all competitions, irrespective of what you think of performances and the way that they've gone about it. And I think today is, as I said, I think it's the best that they've performed, blimey, for a long, maybe even since that 4-0 that win over, over Huddersfield in, in August. Um, where do you feel... He is at, I guess, maybe in relation. To, it's hard to answer because we don't have we don't have twenty six supporters around uh, twenty six thousand sorry supporters around us to really gauge it. But do you feel he is turning the dial now? Is it too early to say? Where, where do you feel the? Where is the view? Where is the gauge on on, on him and his position at Norwich City at this moment in time? I mean, it probably flows into the previous discussion about this kind of it's either triumph or disaster, and there's no in, in between and. That, whether that's the discussion of Norwich in general or David Wagner, that's my feeling is that, you know, he backed himself into the tightest and he said himself, I recall now, it just popped into my head that in that seven defeats in nine, you know, when your back's, it was words to the effect, when your back's against the wall, there's only one place you can go and that's to come out swinging and, you know, 
as he said also himself, every week for about six weeks, having to ask, answer questions about his future, deflect questions about his future. That's out of my hands. I remember the, the Sunderland away defeat. That was a bad defeat. That was another one where they went so passive and uh, even went in front that day, if you recall. But, but as soon as Sunderland equalised, there was only one winner. And they looked a bit like a rabble by the end, wasn't it? You know, you had Duffy and McLean and that really wasn't working. Um, and... Uh, and after that game, he he did look a beaten man. I think I might have tweeted that at a point, and it was kind of well, what happens to me now is out of my hands. And I think it's I think it was um, led to believe that there was there was a, a board discussion after that game, and they were uh, close, they were close, they were exactly yeah. yeah. So you know, so a question about David Wagner's status now has to be filtered still through. It's not all that distant to go back to that Sunderland episode, and and. You know, internally as much as externally, I'm sure it was being questioned: Do we persist with this guy? But right now, it's very simple. He just has to continue in this vein. Now, you know, not just today, but two in two in twelve defeats is is a very very uh, healthy body of work, and um, and it also sells a lie. Maybe if he can maintain that sort of cycle between now and the end of the season, that he is a streaky coach, and that it is clumps of good interspersed with clumps of bad and if if we can get a bit more of an even keel in terms of the results between now and the end of the season it might not be good enough in the final analysis to get into the, the top six or even if they got there to then progress out of the, the playoffs but I think at least you know what it will do unquestionably in the short term is we will no longer having to be devoting um, hours of airtime or reams of columns to David Wagner's future and what next and uh you know that certainly is isn't going to happen if he continues on in this vein. But um, and we've said even in 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 those periods, I think we all we've all said you know uh, on a human level in terms of connecting with the fan base, night and day between him and Dean Smith. You know he he does get it. He does speak in a in a way that you want him to do well. You want to root for him on a personal level. He's never shied away from even in the tough periods. And uh, you know, so in terms of his standing, like you say, Connor, it's probably not for us to really opine about that or where he, where you know, how many he's got in his corner and how many are still on the fence or how many are still in the, firmly in the in the Wagner out camp. But uh, you know, that reaction at the final whistle from the ones who were there um, tells you that he's on he's on the he's on the path now to to certainly um, not have to have his 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 future dredged up and discussed and dissected on a seemingly game by game basis and um that's probably only only thing you can say at this cycle i think it will we'll have to roll it on a, a little bit longer because as you say around the corner is tough games against leeds and and, and coventry and and then obviously you know maybe that's a free hit in the fa cup but you certainly wouldn't want the wheels to come off there and that have a detrimental impact going back into the league campaign so you know there's a there's a few i think there's a there's a bigger sample of work needed before we, anybody can make anything Definitive about David Wagner and his status as Norwich's head coach. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think we're, we're far too early in terms of, of of saying he's definitively turned the corner and you know etc cetera, etc. Cetera. But he does deserve credit, Adam does, and and, and this is his, the, the coaching team as well because we, we spoke about it earlier. It's hard to argue with their defensive record, with the identification of a problem. He saw after Cardiff the, the goals conceded record, and yes, I, I recognise the expected goals against hasn't really shifted. They're still in the, they still were prior to this game in the bottom five or six in the league for that. So it's 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 not it's still not perhaps where it, it needs to be. And there is a suggestion at the moment that they're maybe slightly outperforming that, and we did see a little bit of that today with uh, West Brom's finishing, which I thought was was pretty poor at points. Paddy said uh, a minute ago those, that in-possession element to it and we saw today there were, there were good signs of that we need to see it yeah. on a bit more of a consistent basis but in terms of the identification of issues and and I guess solving them to an extent he, he has kind of as Paddy said navigated a period where it was seven defeats in nine um, and even as recently as a couple of weeks ago there was conversations about his future and the holding pattern that Norwich City were in it, it doesn't at the moment at this point juncture it can change very quickly football does and you know they go and get a hide in on on Wednesday and they go and get a hide in at Liverpool and they lose to Coventry and no doubt we'll be we'll be sat here in a fortnight discussing it again but at this moment in time the best thing you can say about him is that those conversations aren't happening in the here and now and, and from the position that that he was in he, he deserves credit for how he's how he's navigated Norwich City through this sort of two-month spell or so yeah I think even kind of that point where maybe they did turn the corner at Cardiff and the Bristol City win, a lot of that kind of 
aimed towards him was maybe the rub of the green was there. You know, that, that ball fell to Adam Eder in the 90th minute to, to get the win at Bristol City. And, you know, there's lots of other examples of that. that then you kind of had in that spell, you know, the nil-nil against Preston that was just absolutely diabolical. And I think irrespective of kind of the performance, like, sorry, the results there, the performances weren't there. And therefore there was a lot of mitigation still around him and whether he was the man to, to drive it forwards. But if we continue to get like performance levels like today and results and he gets Norwich in and around it, then he deserves huge credit for for the way it's turned around and you know one thing we've always said you know is to deal with he's he's a great on a human level he's always been calm and collected never really kind of been nasty or you know sort of batted back questions where other managers maybe in other clubs or previous Norwich managers maybe have had that kind of turn because of the amount of criticism that's on them and that's probably natural you know that's a natural human reaction but David Wagner's very cool in the head almost you know in that he didn't react like that and um, yeah he deserves huge credit his coach, coaching staff deserve huge credit and the players as well deserve huge credit because they've obviously played a part in that you know it's addressing those issues and I think he's always been very vocal about after games you know Paddy kind of mentioned it about the areas that weren't good enough and I felt maybe for quite a sustained period there they weren't addressing those issues you know kind of the amount of goals they leaked at Plymouth and there was lots of other examples then you know sort of down the road where they were conceding similar goals and just very very poor but yeah, today for me was was a huge turning point, um, and it felt like maybe a lot of those issues. There's still other issues that maybe do need to still be addressed, but the fact we're now starting to see that is, um, yeah, is, is hugely hugely positive, and, and long may it continue. Yes, abs- absolutely, um, and 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 you're right, and and look, these things are never. Uh, black and white and, and we know and, and it's a case of you know they've won today and you can't get too carried away with that um, and, and the element is it's um, you've got black and white and uh, and I was, I was going to say 50 shades of grey but I think maybe steer towards a different number I don't know why that's, <laughs> that's coming to my head podcast, that is yeah that is completely a different different podcast um, but yeah multiple shades of uh, of, of grey in between in between between the two I don't know we ended up there um Paddy, uh, let's let's move on to 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 bring to bring the heat, not that type of heat. To um, yeah, to romance <laughs> and you know um, whatever else. Um, who brought the heat for you today from from an Norwich City perspective in our segment with uh, with our wonderful sponsors? Colin? I was say as well as uh, as we always do some uh, excellent vintage Norwich City shirts. So thank you to uh, to uh, to Billy Pointer for those. Um, he is a top man, and uh, it's a brilliant range and hopefully at some point we will do something with him that can document the full collection because there are some absolute corkers in there uh, and it takes up literally two rooms in his house but anyway Paddy who bought the heat for you today and I've given you enough filling time yeah, hopefully um, who are you going for I'm going for Ben Gibson today because uh, turn to you after he made his umpteenth challenge coming out of interestingly there was a very interesting tactical element there he seemed to be mm. notably holding midfield yeah notably split from Duffy in certain parts of that game and and after another I think it was Jed, Jed Wallace he basically prevented him getting on the half turn and the ball went out of play I think I turned to you and said that I cannot remember him playing as well for such a long time in a Norwich shirt and we know he's had you know his injury issues and you know, one or two other things to contend with this season as well off the pitch but uh that that was very definitely for me Ben Gibson's one of his better better games in a Norwich shirt and um, you know he definitely brought the heat. Speaking of breaking of bringing the heat, I see you've got your your heated gilet on. Is this is this a new sponsorship you've got to tell us about? Well, I've already put. Well, it, no, I didn't. Santa already paid for this, so uh, <laughs> so it's it's not going to help me unless they want to supply me with a lifetime supply of. But uh, yeah, no, I could. I won't. Well, I won't work for the audio. I could show you the battery pack and. Um, it really does the job, yeah. Is that not heavy? No, no, not at all. No, no. Is it not? No, not really. No, this isn't working in audio form, but no, uh, isn't. Uh, more to the point, as you can see, I look like if I. Well, it's, it's an interesting sort of back. inner lining. It's like. Uh, I nearly said I look like a DJ. It looks there. like you know, like <laughs> I, I won't go there without you know, that. like one of those. What you know? What those um like picnic bags that you can get with a yeah, line, it's yeah, like that yeah. inside. Yeah, they retain the heat, don't they? Yeah. But uh, but I I don't. I don't. I don't even know who the manufacturer is to give them a plug to. Well, them. how would you rate it? Is it because I'm guessing this is your first heated gilet experience? Yes. So yeah, are, it is, you, yeah. are, you, are you hot on it for want of a better phrase? It's definitely bringing the heat. Let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah, but uh, I mean, you can get them. Obviously, this my one is armless in that regard. So um, yeah, I, I can't really speak for the armed version. But uh, I certainly, I certainly needed it at minus six at Bristol Rovers midweek, mate. Because uh, 
by common consent, that's probably the coldest I've ever been in a football ground. Funny enough, I was talking to a couple of the photographers today and midweek, and you know, I mean, if there is any warmth from being huddled in a press box as we were, is you know, when you're exposed on a pitch side, this uh, and they said that Paul, our, our ace photographer, said at one point in the second half, he he couldn't move his fingers to press the button shutter on his camera. <laughs> it was that cold, so yeah, we definitely needed the gelé that night, and uh, it was up full volume, mate. So um, yeah, no, no. If you if you're ever out in an outside pursuit, work wise, in in the, this time of the year, then I don't even know why I'm se- selling. I'm, 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 I'm waiting for you making a penny. Well, in I was going to say I'm waiting so. for the you know if you enter the code Paddy Davitt or something, <laughs> you get a discount. Yeah, yeah. I've got a copy of Fifty Shades of Grey, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no. It's worth it's, to answer your long-winded answer. Is uh, yes, I'm very happy with it. Thank you, Santa. Good. There we go. I think that's uh, that's one that Gary Neville champions, isn't it? Um, so. Fairly fairly regularly. I don't know if he's got a stake in, in the business. Not not as much of a stake as you seem to have. Anyway, Adam, who bought the heat for for you? I'm going to go with Dimi Yanoulis. I think there's been a few kind of debates amongst fans. Sam McCallum's been consistently a lot better than maybe he has been for for quite a while over the Christmas period. There was lots of good performances. I think you know the likes of uh, second half against Dipswich and plenty of other sort of periods of games where he's played well but I thought Dimmy today uh, the assist for Johnny Rowe's goal of course uh, he probably should have done slightly better with an effort that fell to him in, in the first half he blazed quite quite high over the crossbar but I think he was quite crucial today kind of when they were building up in, in getting them further forward at that sort of spell I think on about the 30th minute there that Paddy spoke about he was quite a key component in, in that build up so I think given kind of the debate between him and McCallum who should start I think um he kind of reaffirmed today that you know he is probably the one who's leading the, the charge in that position. And I will go for Josh Sargent for the reasons that, that we spoke about, just in terms of his pressing and the threat that he offers them in behind and just how different he makes this uh, this Norwich City side. I think I, I said it on a podcast, I was a little bit, uh, not wary, but maybe concerned that perhaps what we'd seen at the start of the season was a purple patch. And I, I don't think we, we are seeing that. I think what does concern me is uh, it's interesting if you listen to any kind of Premier League managers or uh, speak to any sort of scouting analytical people and they will tell you kind of how dry the pool of number nines is at, at the moment in world football. Recruiting one is, is really difficult. You look at, uh, for example, the issues that Sunderland are having, maybe even maybe even Ipswich um, in terms of, of trying to find a replacement for, for George Hurst. But certainly at Premier League level, there's a, a, a real kind of lack of physical complete number nines and he really is that and you, you do wonder if he does get himself on a run and, and Norwich City are unable to uh, obviously you know they, they're going to go to Wembley and, and win the whole thing obviously but if they don't do that I think there might be um, a, a conversation that a Premier League club would like to have around Josh Sargent at some point um, so yeah I'm going to go for go for him speaking of, of that situation Paddy um, and we're legally not obliged to say John Rowe's name until February the 1st anymore. New rule on the on the podcast, so, so there you go. But in terms of incoming business, because there's been a lot of talk about this from Norwich fans, um, no business thus far, not really any kind of sniff of any type of business thus far. What do you make of it? Because it is the 20th of January, so what, 11 days is it 11 days left in the window? It is the 31st and not one of these weird ones that close on the 1st. Um, 11, 12 days left of the window, so I leave myself a bit of legroom. Um, what, what do you make of it? Because it's, it's been quite... We had those quotes from David Wagner right at the start about how excited he was, about how different the, the, the team would look, and um, that hasn't come to, to surface so far. What, what do you make of the transfer window and where Norwich City are at? No, I mean, I've seen, seen those predictably sort of surface again in, in recent days, but, you know, Reality is, I think we're 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 where we expected them to be because the messaging was was effectively that it's a pruning job, and then you've started to see that process with foreshore, and we might get into a certain Polish international uh, in a follow-up question, but um, basically trying to move on players, and um, and then the other thing was, and you've seen ample evidence of that is football league loans for their best and their brightest who aren't already out with a view to next season. It, it all feels very much holding pattern, and, um, and obviously the finances play into that. And maybe you know when when things were looking pretty d- bad for David Wagner, the, the whole uncertainty potentially, maybe certainly ext- externally anyway, it felt uh, around his position. Maybe that was a factor. But um, I, I, this is exactly where I would have expected Norwich to be going into you know 11, 10, 11 days left. That 
if they do do anything, and I think that was re, uh, uh, reinforced today post-match, David's quotes. Um, yeah, just, so, just, be, just sorry to jump in, yeah. but I mean, just just tell us a little bit about what you thought about that because you asked him a question about Shemeshwar Poeta, which I think we'll come back to on a different point. But yeah. the the kind of manner that he answered it was 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 quite interesting. Well, yeah, it was essentially my question was as we've seen with Adam Forshaw that a player there who a senior player there who isn't a making even squads matchday squads, let alone getting minutes that would constitute regular game time, and they decided clearly to the benefit of all parties with the financial consideration that they get his wages off the, the wage bill. Off he went and signs for Plymouth and plays today and Plymouth wins. So it's gone gone well for him this weekend. But effectively, you've done that with Forshaw. Is now Poeta pretty much orbiting the same because he's in the same contractual situation. He's out of contract at the end of the season. Again today, David confirmed there was no fitness issue. He simply didn't make the 20. It was the same at Bristol in midweek. Um so is it logical to assume is it is it is we could have a scenario in the next ten eleven days if the planets align that that we would see Poeta go out the door and um, and his answer was along the lines of to paraphrase well I've I've kind of said to Ben that we have to be careful about the numbers which was his answer to me earlier in in this week when I kind of hypothetically put that scenario to him about if you've got senior players coming to you saying look. I'm not going to look in here. I'd rather move on. And if Come we have contract, yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, and his answer earlier in the week was almost a, a reprise of the answer he gave tonight, which was, look, it, it looks healthy now in terms of the numbers, but things can change in a game or two. And and he doesn't, as a head coach, and it's understandable, he doesn't want to be left short when we move from this window to into February because that's what he's got to go with. And. You know, he's probably wants a little bit of extra insurance in terms of the bodies he's got, and I'm sure, you know, reading between the lines, he'd like maybe an addition or two, but to to supplement the group. But I don't get that sense, and it and it felt almost in that answer tonight that, you know, if they're not, I think he did add actually further on that you know in, unless we're going to do one or we're going to bring one in, then it makes no sense to lose anybody else. So you would you would think that probably indicates that. Um, at best, they'll be looking at something loan-wise, maybe, and and at worst, it'll probably be as you were in terms of the bodies they've got now, and that'll be it moving forward. Yeah, I, I wrote a column on this uh, went up on on the Saturday morning, and um, I, I do think if if the you know objective is down the track, irrespective of how it looks like that there's a reset on the horizon, it, it would feel a little bit short-sighted to then bring someone in um, even even alone when that finance can be directed towards maybe something uh, a little bit more in, in, in the summer and is it really worth chasing something and, and I think as we've seen today Norwich have a squad that kind of feels like it's good enough to certainly compete for the, for the top six whether you could argue you know a signing or two would push them in it is, is maybe a, a different debate to be had I think for me unless there was a situation maybe like they had I can't remember what January is, maybe, was it 16 when they signed James Madison? When that opportunity popped up yeah. and you can do that and it's beneficial in the long term. I think if there was something that popped up like that and it, it made sense, then I think that that is maybe where they're at. I think if, you know, if they get, if something pops up loan-wise, then then perhaps they, they will do it. We'll, we'll have to see. Um, Adam, I think we're all mourning the, the loss of Adam Forshaw. Um, mainstay in <laughs> Norris, I'm, I'm jesting, of course, and uh, I'm sure he's a great guy. Um, Probably, probably made sense for all parties, didn't it? Just, just one that never really quite worked. I think it was six championship appearances in the end. Wasn't getting game time. By the end, wasn't making match day squads. Um, I do wonder in my head if, if in years to come, he will be not the poster boy for that for last summer's recruitment, but the thrust of, of kind of it in terms of the experience route that, that they went down. Um, just didn't work that one, did it? No, funnily enough, I got a message yesterday off... Uh, not Adam Forshaw, was not it? Not Adam Forshaw, oh. no, but a Plymouth podcast asking me to come on and share some views. I said, honestly, don't ask me because I've got no memories of him at all. Um, what was your... Uh, okay, yeah, I was going to ask you what your best moment was, but I, uh, you can't, can't think of one. There was one good pass in the Bristol Rovers game the other week. That was good, yeah. Paddy, uh, best Adam Forshaw moment? <laughs> no, I can't. I've genuinely not, not been disrespectful to the lad. Did he do anything? Well, he looked like I saw him before the game at Plymouth because of where we had to walk past. And he was ironically in conversation with uh, is it Neil Dewsnip, who he knows well from Everton, and he had a very what looked like a very good cup of tea that he made. Nice strength to that. <laughs> so that's all I've got really. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just just has not worked for any party, and it's best to get him off the books. You can imagine he's on a, an okay wage here. You know, he's he come from Leeds, who in the Premier League last season, and 
it maybe felt like at that point in the transfer window, Norwich maybe did need that extra addition in the midfield, you know, sort of maybe just to, from a defensive point of view to to add to the squad. But the reality is, based on the system that David Wagner plays, he doesn't really need a player like that. They tend to be more technical midfielders and you then got Kenny, who's sort of more got that ability to, to pass and obviously defensively slightly more able to do it than someone like Gabriel Sara. So, it's yeah, he's just not a player who's required, unfortunately, and the questions around kind of the age of him as well and his fitness will all come back, you know, Norwich of well that that window, you know, that that's where a lot of these players are at and it, it almost feels a little bit kind of Stuart Weber first summer window when he arrived, kind of the Marley Watkins, the Ben Marshalls, um players that just never done it for Norwich and never really went on to, to do it anywhere else unfortunately. So um best of luck to him at Plymouth and only won today, so you know, I think for maybe for them, a younger squad, you know, they've got lots of, like Whisker, Mumba, um, and they've obviously have lost a few key players as well in the midfield, Kundal and as uh, Zaz has gone to Middlesbrough, probably a, a key player in terms of leadership and sort of a, you know, a man who's been around the block in the Championship and the Premier League that could maybe drive them forward in sort of achieving their aims at the end of the season, which of course will be survival in this division. So... Um, yeah, fingers crossed for him. He can keep himself fit and he can uh, play a crucial role for, for the Green Army and keep them in the championship. Absolutely. Um, it felt a, a, a weird move at the time and I think so it's, um, so it's transpired. I wanted a quick word because I don't think we're going to get much time, if any time, really to talk about it. But uh, an excellent win for the under-21s on Friday night. Uh, a 4-2 win. They were 2-0 down. Came back to, uh, to to win that game. A double from, from Kenna Bowe. Elliot Miles scored. Uh, Errol um, uh, Mundell-Smith. Mundell-Smith, that's the one, um, scored as well. Uh, although I think there's a little bit of debate over whether the free kick that uh, Gabriel Forsyth took had crossed the line before he nodded in. But... We'll give it to him. Um, uh, Elliot Miles, I think, is is turning seven. Oh, has turned. Is his seventeenth birthday? So happy birthday, Elliot! If you're, if you happen, I don't know why you'd be watching, but if you're watching, but that's that's a contractual situation that Norwich needs to get sorted. Kenna Bow as well, thirteenth goal of the season. Um, be good, but I think it's probably going to be difficult to get him on a new contract. He's had a contract in the summer. As well, would feel a bit of a shame if, uh, similarly to, to, to Alex Matos, Norwich um, lost Kenna Bow and the, the talent that, that he's got. To, you know, it's, it's long been said to me for uh, a period of time that those two really are the or were the shining lights of, of, of Norwich City's academy. To lose them both for nothing, I know they've got a sell on on Matos and uh, and whatnot. That that would feel like a real shame. So hopefully, there's something that can can get sorted there because the the boys clearly got talent to to score the amount of goals and and, and goal contributions that he has this season so um, yeah well done to them they're in the knockout I think they've got a final group game against Bournemouth and then they'll they'll find out who they get in the last 16 I think it is so um, good stuff for uh, Alan Nielsen and his side Paddy Leeds United Daniel Farker marching on together Wednesday it's uh, it's, it's if even in the form that Norwich are in it feels quite a daunting test they've, they've not been beaten at Ellen Road so far this season um been a little bit hit and miss. Really, really exciting attack. We all know what Daniel Farker can do at this level. But I think where Norwich City are right now, there's probably an element of yeah, bring it on about it, isn't there? Oh, there will be now. Yeah, I mean, am I right in saying they're playing Sunday? We're recording Saturday night, obviously. Yes. So depending on how that goes, um, yeah, I mean that was a stormer of a game at Carr Road, wasn't it? Um, and Norwich, I'm sure, will be focusing on. The, the part that was the 2 nil up rather than uh, what happened thereafter when the wheels came off but I think it's yeah I think it's a good one to to get their teeth into now and as we said right at the start the fact that they've banked three points today you go there I mean you get a point there that's a great result I think given how strong they are at Ellen Road um, my fear is obviously that they'll see that Southampton have overhauled you know Ipswich subject to Ipswich obviously playing Monday night against Leicester and they'll probably realise that it, they, they need to deal in wins uh, rather than draws so yeah, no, it's uh, it's always a great place to go. I mean, they make right right old racket, don't they? There and uh, Norwich had a you know with Farker in the helm, as we know, had that memorable win on the on the way to the the first title win. So um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's got all the elements to make it uh, another unmissable watch. So um, yeah, no, I think uh, after today, you, you have to you have to we have to finish on a positive note. And if they continue in the same vein, then I think they're more than capable of going to Ellen Road and getting a result. It is, uh, Adam, I've got the record in front of me here at Ellen Road. 13 played, 9 wins, 4 draws, no defeats, 29 goals scored, 10 goals against, 31 points. Um, and of course, this is before they play. Preston could go and beat them tomorrow, and it, <laughs> and it renders this complete conversation useless. But um, 
it's it's going to be really difficult for Norwich, isn't it? But uh, as Paddy said, there a real opportunity uh, ahead of them. So I guess continue what they've been building over the, over the last few weeks and, and as we've seen in recent weeks as well with Southampton and Hull and uh, West Brom today they have proven that they can get points off teams above them Yeah and I, I kind of go to that Ipswich game they had only lost one game at, at Portman Road all season and everyone kind of thought it was a foregone conclusion that Ipswich were going to get this long awaited win over Norwich And Did they know, not do that? I, I think it was 14 years someone told me the other day um, but yeah it, it all boils back to the point of this team's done it this season, you know, they've gone to grounds where there is these records, and they maybe turned up and not necessarily got rid of these. Even Ipswich didn't beat them, but you know, they they didn't lose there. And I think they've got to almost harness that and take that to Leeds on on Wednesday night um, and just perform. If they perform like they did today and they give them a really good go, I think even if Norwich do, you know, get it well, the, the performance and is is crucial really. If they don't get the result, I think fans will get behind and say, you know, look, we we went toe to toe with arguably one of the best teams in the division, particularly given their, their home record as well, where you go there and you maybe get more similar performance levels of what we've had at Millwall or West Brom. Then I think, you know, this sort of this performance and this result today almost gets a little bit forgotten again. So it is a huge game. It's a big opportunity. Um, and I just hope they go there and attack it. And if they come out with something like, you know, even a point, as, as Paddy said, that would be a huge result for them, particularly then moving into some more favourable games, maybe um, after that big FA Cup game at Anfield. So, yeah, let's go and enjoy it. And hopefully um, Norwich perform to, to the levels we know they can. Which feels like an apt place to end the podcast. Leeds and Liverpool, what a week that is for Norwich City. Three words, bring it on. Thanks for watching Straight Listening. See you soon.